Tip Today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, fuck on. Your Peugeot car or van might benefit from a free software upgrade. For more information and to find out if this applies to your vehicle, call the lads in Slattery's Garage, fuck on on 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Donald, welcome along to the final hour of the programme. Now, quite a lot of response to the piece we played from Richard Boyd Barrett and Brian was on and he says, Fran, I would support Richard Boyd Barrett's stand against the genocide in Gaza and the West Bank. Uh, His speech was against Israeli Zionist extremism, which, as we know, is the pinnacle of right-wing extremism. And uh, more disturbed to hear the Speaker of the Doyle is entertaining the Jewish community. I sincerely hope it's not the beginning of an influence lobby in Ireland, similar to the Friends of Israel in the UK and APAC in the US, who are steering their support for the genocide, associating attempts to stop war and genocide should not be associated with hate speech, says Brian. As an opposing opinion, a listener says Richard Boyd Barrett simply loves the sound of his own voice, Fran, a rabble rouser, and well suited to opposition, but sadly, will never make a worthwhile TD, TD. So very opposing views there. On the whole business of a vegan, <laughs> I'm very amused, in fact, as how even a discussion around vegan can bring the worst out in, in, in some people. Um, PJ was on, a friend of mine, PJ English, who says, why do people uh, that want to be vegan, why don't people who want to be vegan just be vegan and let the majority of people enjoy uh, the meat that they eat? That's that says PJ to us uh, this morning. Lots more coming in on the business of celiac and indeed vegan um, a diet as well. So I'm delighted to have with me Muriel Cuddy now who's CEO of Marito 8020 in Clonmel. Good morning to you Muriel, how are you today? Ready um, to run away after listening to all yeah, of them. Yeah, I'll tell you now, people are a little cross this morning. Mm. Um, do you want to talk to us a bit about celiac and doesn't that play into what you were going to talk to us about today anyway? Yeah, because intolerance issues are massive. Like food intolerance, food allergies, all that area is is hugely um, to the fore in what I'm doing in the clinic. And like intolerance issues are up by 60% and about 20% of people like have been diagnosed with some form of intolerance issue. Mm. And it's funny, and I suppose because we're talking about it so much more and because I suppose our foodstuffs have changed so much and become so much more ultra processed and then antibiotics and different things in the food chain, say of the meat side of things or whatever, there are more food intolerance issues and there are more side effects or whatever within the body because it's breaking down the gut microbiome and we have more bad bacteria and we have, it's creating more of a, an autoimmune response and all of that kind of thing within the body. So there's more of it presenting. And then because the shelves are full of all this stuff, so like you have like say gluten free and vegan free or vegan whatever everything is literally there that was never there before so people that feel they're unwell think right if I remove gluten from my diet maybe I'll feel better or you know say the, the programme on meat or whatever people might decide well maybe if I go vegan free I'll feel better or somebody that just wants to lose weight sees somebody else on you mm. know gluten free diet and decides okay I'll remove gluten and maybe I'll lose weight so there's so many mixed messages out there it's really hard for yes, me to know what's because right I, and what's I saw wrong. a 58 year old on one of the social social media platforms last night and his diet is entirely consisting of red meat and he looked amazing. Yeah, and you see it depends, like he probably has a really good gut so mm. he's able to break down what he's putting into his body. Right. And, and there's one thing about that, even if it's red meat, if the source of it is really good, and we talk about this all the time, say like 
my farming background, 30 years ago, we knew what was in our animals. You know, like some of the, the lads that are still farming close to us or whatever, they kill a cow a year or whatever, kill an animal a year and they put it in the freezer. Mm. They know exactly what's in that meat. So like if you have a good idea of what you're eating, it's not going to do any harm at all to you. It's literally everything now has become like, so what would you say, the retail market, mass produced. Mm. And to mass produce it, you need more bang for your buck. Yeah, so what's and in the longevity it? on the shelf. They and want the longevity. Yeah. And I even yeah. put a piece up. So I put two pieces up. I put a piece up on social media two weeks ago on gluten-free and bread and the, the good breads and the bad breads. It's after getting about 20,000 plays, I think, at the minute. And I've had about 200 comments on it, like, can I eat this? Can I eat that? That's because so many people don't know what to do. I put a piece up this morning. It's funny we're talking about this and it was on cured meats. So I literally had a packet of ham and I was talking about the fact that this packet of ham looks like Play-Doh. Why, when does meat look like Play-Doh? Mm, like yeah. meat should look like meat. So breasted chicken should look like breasted chicken. A steak should look like a steak. And they're not all uniform. That every single slice you take out looks exactly the same. So if it doesn't, what are we eating then? Yeah, well, it's, that's it's, the problem, you see. Yeah. So everybody's here on here and they're given out. But if you take it back to the basics. So somebody that is celiac... Celiac is a serious, serious enough illness and like there's nutritional deficiencies and everything that go with it. Somebody that's celiac has to watch what they're eating and they have to get it right, you know. But for most of us, even with the intolerance issues, if we bring it back to the very basics of a whole food diet, your body is going to kind of pull itself back fairly fast into line and get rid of the inflammatories, like the bigger inflammatories, and you, you'll come good very fast. Like I have a man, if he's listening this morning, he knows exactly who I'm talking about. I've actually had nearly all men in the clinic, would you believe, for the last oh. two weeks. Wow. Yeah. And the age profile has been from about 25 to, I'd say, about 75. But one day alone, I had all men. So I had like nine or ten men back to back, literally. So it's really like to Are the we four. beginning to look after ourselves? I, I think yes. I and I think so. men yeah. that are feeling miserable, even with us doing what we're doing here, if it's only ten minutes once a week or whatever, uh, men are listening and that's brilliant. And yeah. they're actually realising if I'm driving a lorry or I'm working in an office or wherever I am, I don't need to feel unwell. Um, and this guy I'm talking about, he'll know who I'm talking about. He's driving a lorry. He didn't feel well. He mm. said he was knackered the whole time. So driving home in the car, like he said, he wouldn't gift to say to his wife, like, I need you to drive. My eyes are going to close here. After work, he said, sitting on the couch, absolutely ready to go to sleep. His skin had started breaking down. So, you know, dryness, dry hands, dry, dry, dry face and all that kind of thing. Just two weeks in of removing the biggest inflammatories that were in his world. Yesterday, he said to me, I feel a bit better. And what were those Well, the biggest inflammatories, you're talking about now, everybody is different. So I have to oh, figure yeah. out within yeah. somebody's world what the inflammatories are in their diet. For him, dairy was a huge one. That mm. was one of the biggest ones that we had to remove straight away. Uh, we also removed, um, we removed dairy, we removed wheat, I think, as well, out of his world. Sugar, things like that. The biggest, more really normal ones, you know, like preservatives and chemicals and mm. that kind of thing. So if you're looking like, say, the, the packet of meat I had this morning had something like eight or nine ingredients in it. By the time I got to number seven, I didn't know what the other one, what the, the last two or three were so even then I'd say to people like that guy yesterday he's younger kids get them looking at the back of packets on things if you know what the first five, four or five ingredients are and you can pronounce them and you understand them that food is fairly okay but if it goes on then there's another six to whatever am I allowed to mention labels or food names of products maybe not mm-hmm. I'm talking about a particular cereal bar okay so the particular cereal bar I'm talking about I think everybody in the country has eaten it mm. I don't know how many times it was one of the very first ones made yes. there is like 30 ingredients in that right there's probably I'd say of that, five or six really good. When they made them in the beginning, they were really good. But now there are so many varieties of them. They've had to add to them and make them taste different and do all that kind of thing. That one alone has something like 27 grams of sugar and 17 grams of saturated fat, plus all the preservatives and chemicals. It's a health bar. Okay. 
So, like, how do we know what we're putting into our bodies? That's the problem, isn't it? And that's where you're going with the vegan food Mm. and the gluten-free food. Like, for me, somebody will show me a vegan cheese, you know, or, like, there isn't a vegan cheese. There's oils in it. There's chemicals in it. There's there's taste enhancers in it to make it taste like cheese. It's not cheese. So you're fooling yourself into thinking, I'm off dairy, but I can have... Do you know what I mean? That's something that always baffles me, why vegetarians and vegan vegan people yeah. would would like their food to emulate um, meat in some way or look like meat or, yeah. or you know like what is that about? I mean if you're anti-meat. You I, see I, there's two there's two types so your your real natural vegan is somebody that um, really is upset about say meat and, and animals and they're a lover of all of that like the fish and the eggs and that's like innate that's not somebody deciding in the morning, like, I just want to be vegan mm, because mm. whatever. That's completely different. And most of those people don't take the foods that emulate mm, meat, meat mm. stuffs. They go for whole foods. Like, they, they, they live on a diet, like, of um, nuts and beans and legumes and plant-based and berries and all of that kind of thing. And that's okay. It's it's the other yes that want the, the, the alternatives or the substitutes because yes. they're on a fad of some sort. That's completely different. But you're concerned about those products I'm really, then? And I'm, I'm really concerned about those products. They don't come into my world at all okay. when I'm in clinic with people. Like they have to send me the ingredients on the back of the packets of every single thing that they're, they're, they're taking into their world. All the gluten-free stuff. I have seen more, I'm not going to say a bold word, but rubbish coming through with nutritional labels and as things. being gluten as being gluten free or, or yeah or vegan free or whatever wow. and the biggest thing with vegan free diet is it's really hard to get the calories in it's really hard to get the good blend of your carbohydrates essential fats and and, and proteins into your world so I see a lot of people that are on on that vegan path or whatever um, malnutrition you know, nutritional um, deficiencies, malabsorption issues because their gut isn't great. They crave the wrong stuff, so they crave things like sugar and high sugar uh, foods. So even though they mightn't be eating the vegan stuff, they might be eating yeah. like ultra processed. No, I I know you were busy this morning. You probably yeah. didn't hear Joan, who is a vegan and was speaking to us. As and she said, yeah. I mean, she is just amazingly healthy. She's been through a journey of cancer. She's far side of that now, thankfully, and she's going back and her, her medical consultants are saying to us, you look, you know, your your bloods are fantastic, yeah. your numbers are great. Yeah. Uh, what are you eating? Yeah, but you see, what Joan is doing, Joan, is it? Joan, yeah. What Joan is doing is what I'm doing in clinic every day. She's on an anti-inflammatory diet. Joan is on the right path. You know, like Joan is eating whole food, plant-based yeah. foods of nuts and seeds and everything I've just said. Like, I'm sure Joan isn't eating a lot of the, the vegan-friendly stuff that's out there with the chemicals and preservatives. Um, I, I'd like to have a chat with her, you know, because mm. I think her diet is probably really, really good. Yes. She doesn't have sugar and she doesn't have, have, have what I've just spoken about. That works. Like, that works every day in clinic. Like, the guy I spoke to you about yesterday. Um, I'm actually, next week, we, I have a guy that I think we've gone through the system 12 months ago. He was in here in studio, if you remember William. I do indeed, We're yeah. going to do a follow-up with William okay. after where he is 12 months later. He was the same. He started out like, remember he had twins? Mm-hmm. Couldn't cope, couldn't train, couldn't do anything. Whole body was breaking down. Spent most of his time hanging over the sink, feeling like he was going to get sick or whatever. He has come full circle. His visceral fat, which is the fat around your internal organs, has come down by three, four levels. His body fat has come down by 10%. His weight has come down by a stone and a half. Didn't have a huge amount to lose anyway. Hydration levels were really low when he came into me. Hydration levels are perfect now. He hasn't made massive changes. He's just removed what I've said. Mm. And he's eaten now like um, an anti-inflammatory diet of whole foods of what we were reared on. So like he still has meat in his world, right? Tries to buy organic more than Mm. the other Mm. meat if he can at all. But he tries to eat really well. They make their own sauces. Their diet like wheat, wix, porridge, spuds, veg, fruit, 
all the normal, proper brown bread, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and he's really well. And like he's three kids and he said the kids are starting to eat the same things that he's eating. It's kind of simple, isn't it? Well, everybody here is overthinking it. Yeah. And they're getting, I won't say, can I say their knickers in a twist? Yeah, yeah, sure. But yeah. that's the way it is. Like, you have to pull it back. Look outside the box. Like, we know exactly what to do. If somebody is sick, if somebody feels miserable. So, like, the symptoms of, of say, like, we were talking about celiac disease a minute ago and that man that was on. Yes. Like, the bloating, the abdominal pain, the diarrhoea, the, the constipation, the headaches, all of that kind of thing. With celiac, you have whole body symptoms as well. Like, you have joint pain, you have um, anemia, you have malabsorption issues you have nutritional deficiencies that's serious and you have to get that piece right so like with something like that you'd have to go to somebody like sit down with me and I would go through your world with you right but it's still the same thing as in a celiac like fruit and veg like beans, seeds, nuts, eggs like all your legumes things like that non-processed meat, fish and poultry mm. so it's non-processed but you can still have it low fat dairy potatoes you can have dark chocolate all of that kind of thing you know but you're taking out like the inflammatory stuff so that's most things. Um, with celiac, it's serious enough as in if you have celiac and your body's starting to break down, gluten remains in your tummy for four hours, okay? So it remains in your small intestines for six hours, but it remains in the body for two to three days. So those symptoms are going to be there if you take in gluten. So it's really hard to test for it. It's really yes. hard to test for celiac and that. So you have to monitor your symptoms and do a food journal and That's write right. it and down. And didn't you tell me some time ago that you had concerns about people thinking that they're... Uh, they have an issue with gluten when yeah. they don't. Yeah. Did you tell yeah. me that? I do. Stage? You see, a lot of these cross over. So a lot of the different symptoms with IBS and IBD and intolerance mm. issues and everything, they break down the body. So like bloating, like the three months pregnant. And I'm getting a lot of that. It's great, again, that we're talking about it because men are starting to talk to me about their poo, mm. right? Men are starting to talk to me about Muriel, the three months or whatever, like our, the, the belly is out, you know? And like even the guy yesterday, I said to him, well, welcome to the world of women. Like, that's what pregnancy feels like or the early stages of pregnancy. <laughs> but they're starting to talk about yeah. it. Like, you shouldn't have diarrhoea. You shouldn't have gas. You shouldn't have abdominal bloating. You shouldn't have itchy skin. You shouldn't have dry skin. Um, there's so many different... You shouldn't have joint pain. You shouldn't have muscle stiffness. You shouldn't have headaches. You shouldn't, like, have, have like, a sleep disorder that you're waking at three or four o'clock in the morning. Like, these things shouldn't be there. So if they're there, we've got to get to the to the bottom of where they're coming from. Now, some of them can be because you have intolerance issues and your gut has broken down and the microbiome there isn't where it needs to be. For others, it's not that. It's, it's years of, like, maybe stress, you know? It could mm. be anything else, like cortisol, and maybe there might be one or two triggers in your world that you don't need, like, like sweeteners can cause it, like, you know, fructose, an overdose of sugar can cause it, you know? So there's so many different things there. And all of these, like the IBS, IBD, celiac, they can all cross over and back. Mm. So to get to the bottom of what it actually is, it's hard, but you can do it. Yeah, and, and I never fully understand why we tend to be addicted to the foods often that are causing this, these symptoms. Yeah, but you see, it's a brain-gut so like yeah, the brain and gut are, are, are connected completely and like it's it's only in the last four or five years they actually said like the brain and gut, the, the brain or the gut is our, our first brain and the brain is actually the second brain and like they even have summits on it now which they didn't have like pre-2019 so we actually know now everything that's happening with our, in our gut directly affects our brain so your dopamine your serotonin are made in your gut so like 74% of your serotonin and up to 90% of your dopamine the brain has to get those feel-good hormones from somewhere Fran if they can't get it from down here because 
of all the bad bacteria, etc., they're going to have to get it from somewhere else. So like sugar, fructose, things like that, it's going to make you crave it to give you the feel-good high. Somebody is asking about um, uh, IBD and w- wondering about the cause of that and stuff. Do you want to talk about th- This is about intolerance as yeah, well, Yeah, it, it is, you know, and IBD is an immune malfunction. So that's different and it's serious. Like it's Crohn's and ultracolitis and that kind of thing. So IBD is inflammation of the GI tract. You have to get that uh, diagnosis of that done and you have to really watch your foodstuffs if you have IBD. So that's mm. serious enough. Like that's, it's different completely to IBS. So IBS like his brain gut again, you know, right. and that's like this, the, the, the digestive system. So yeah, they, they all kind of cross over, but IBD would be the one that you really have to watch. Your, oh, is it? Your, okay. Yeah. Well, what does that stand for? IBD? Um, irritable bowel. Uh, sorry, IBD disorder, is irritable disorder. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. And somebody else wondering, and it's a very good point as well, you know, hard to understand why most of our vegetables are imported. And that's part of the problem, isn't it? That they have to be kept looking fresh. Yeah. And, and you know, we had this conversation the other day in the clinic. So um, our new doctor, um, Dr. Najira, was with me um, while I was doing some of my consultations. And we were talking about fruit and fruit in Ireland. And we, we started talking about mangoes because somebody from had come back from Pakistan last summer and brought us mangoes. And my God, they were like, absolutely, like like you're eating sweets for all the world. And we started chatting then about fruit and how hard it is in Ireland to get really nice fruit. And like the fruit that's there at the minute, the berries and stuff are costing like five or six euros. Like they're not in season. How are they kept fresh? They're not even as in, like within a day they're gone mouldy or whatever. So I think frozen berries and things like that are really good at this time of the year, if you can at all. But do you know something about fruit, Fran? It's funny because there's three things, like you're either like a vegetable person, a fruit person or a salad person. And, and people don't seem to like all three. Mm. So, like, if you're not getting the fruit into you at this time of the year and you don't like it, uh, go on one of the other two, like the salad or the, the vegetables, and get your colour in another way. But it's very hard to get decent fruit in Ireland. Yeah, and uh, I love tomatoes, for example, but, I mean, some of the tomatoes we get in our supermarket, for starts, they are, they're they're all uniformed in terms yeah. of how, how they look. But, I mean, yeah. if you get a tomato in Spain or Portugal, it tastes amazing. Yes, but none huge. of them look the same, do you, you see, know? what you really need to do is have a greenhouse out the back. <laughs> yeah. If you can actually go out and grow your own, <laughs> that would keep the mind right, wouldn't it? But that that would be the way to go. And years ago, again, we did have all our own, didn't we? Now they have to spray them. They have to like. And you know, people don't buy the ones that look crooked, or you know, it's it's proven. Like the research yeah, is there with Aldi and Littles and them. Like if a carrot like has two prongs out of it, like you're not going the to buy it. You pick up that. like the perfect one. Yeah. Okay. Somebody asking uh, your about your opinion on adding salt to our tea. Is that a thing? Ah, oh Lord, that sounds like Nadira. Nadira told me she puts chicken in her porridge. What? Yeah, <laughs> chicken broth. She said, I have to make Ugh. you chicken porridge. And I was bad like, love to eat porridge. Oh. Said that. She said she eats sweet porridge here. Like, in our country, they eat, like, savoury porridge. But you know, anyway. I was very amused uh, as to what people take from our conversation because I met a guy the other day and he said, I was listening to yourself in Muriel and I thought he was going to say he took on board some of your, your thing. And he said, I went into that garage on the dock road in Limerick and, yeah, their sausage rolls are fantastic. <laughs> So That's I said, did you not take any awful. That's just <laughs> awful. And you know, everyone that talks to me about it, the same thing. They take more from you than they do from me. Doesn't that just yeah. that, it, totally say what we're at, Fran? That's like Ireland it, and we're all giving out. But that person sold in your tea. Why in God's name would you put salt into your tea? I don't know. Sodium in your tea, um, unless it's actually been, you've been tested and there's a deficiency there for sodium. Like, you don't need to... And like anyone that's listening, you don't need to add so- salt to things. 
Like it's in every single thing, literally. So unless, yes, you've had your bloods done and you've been tested for it. We do a lot of mineral deficiency testing and vitamin mm. um, deficiency testing because like I keep saying to you, you don't need to supplement with things. You don't need to take things unless you're sure the body needs them. So even if you have a malabsorption issue, there's no point taking like these vitamins and minerals until you sort out where the issue is coming from and what it is. You know? Yeah, and I, I think you have issue with the, the idea of a multivitamin as well, don't I do, you? I do, I do, because yeah. you need to know. Now, if you feel down or whatever, it's not going to do you any harm for three months. But like, you need to know, what are you deficient in? Is it vitamin C or D or... Do you know what I mean? It's, I suppose. Yeah. Somebody wants uh, your opinion on veg frozen as opposed to, to fresh. Um, yeah. Is there a big difference there? Um, the frozen are possibly better, to be honest. Frozen better? Yeah. Um, the wow. Again, the, the, the research is there on it that they're frozen literally within minutes. They're brought in immediately and frozen immediately okay. uh, once they're picked. So the, the freshness... Right. But I mean, if you go to a farmer's market and it's literally in from the farm, yeah, that, well, that has to be the better it, There's going to be, I suppose, six of one and a half dozen of another. But the ones yeah. that you're getting on the shelf inside in the supermarket for, for wherever they've travelled from and by the time you bring them home and put them into the cupboard and leave them there for three or four days and yeah. sometimes even forget to forget to take them know, out and yeah. cook them. But the frozen is good, yeah. Sum it up for me, will you? I mean, what sort of symptoms would lead you to believe that we have intolerance issues? I mean, the people presenting themselves to you, for example, they're coming in with what, tiredness? Okay, so they're coming in with so many things. So they're coming in, say, bloating, diarrhoea, gas, uh, constipation, abdominal pain, um, muscles, aches and pains, memory loss, uh, brain fog, tr- trouble concentrating. actually had somebody in the other day with ear pain, um, skin issues, dry skin, itchy skin. actually had somebody with itching underneath the skin um, on his elbow. Couldn't see any sign of anything. There wasn't anything there, but wow. the itching. Now, this has gone back a long time. Didn't even think about that until I actually said it to him yesterday. I said, do you remember the earlier symptoms you had? And he's got it forgotten about that one. That used to drive me insane in the car. Uh, unexplained muscle aches and pains. They shouldn't be there. there. I don't care if you're 50, 60, 70 or 90. There shouldn't be unexplained muscle aches and pains there. So the body's breaking down. Um, what did I leave out? Mm. All the things, anything that's wrong within the body. We should be like we were in our 20s, really. Yes, we get a little bit older and we might get a little bit slower. We don't need to. Like, our brain should be just as fresh. Yeah, you know? and in the past you've said to me, we, we almost accept a certain amount of immobility and... Well, I gave you a number last year. I asked you to give me a number last year, Fran. And possibly the year before and possibly the year before. <laughs> and you know if the number was like physically and mentally. Yeah. So if you put the two together, most people nowadays, you can't really put the two together. You'd nearly mental, I might be a four and physically I might be a six. But well, this is one out of ten. Out where, of ten. Where we would see our... Yeah, your health. Our health. Yeah. Our well-being. Well-being, yeah. So yeah. if you were to put the scale down and give yourself the number, am I a six out of ten or am I a four out of ten? What am I? Mm. Right. And then where do I want to be? So do I want to maintain that number? So for the next two years or five years or 10 years or in when I'm 70, say, do I mm. want to still be that number? Or can I see myself getting better or can I see myself getting worse? Like for me, it has to be getting better. Like I've just, mm. the thought of getting worse would be like awful. But even if you could maintain it, but most people, they go backwards. So say if there are six, next year they'll give you a number of a five. Mm. And they'll kind of say to themselves, but that's okay. You hear it all the time. Like I, I suppose I am pushing on. I am whatever. I have like... An 86-year-old coming into the clinic, like, that's fitter than most 56-year-olds and looks like she's about 60. Do you know what I mean? So, like, a lot of it is how we mind ourselves, but a lot of it is up here. So a lot of it is your mind, Mm. as in, you know, what you want from life and how you see life and whether you are positive and you can do things like this and get them right or whether you're negative because if the glass is half empty. I suppose, yeah, but I still think that healthy people like you might underestimate 
the power of the addiction to stuff that's bad for us, like sugars. And no, all. I don't agree. Because you say healthy people like me, I've been through the unhealthy, the healthy. Like, I yeah. work so hard every single day of being healthy. So like every single person, my mind is the same as somebody else's. I've got to put things in place to keep my mind well, to make me do the piece right. right. Or I can slip down the slippery slope the same as somebody else. And if I do slip down that slippery slope, then my world doesn't work. And I feel so miserable. And when you slip down into that hole, Fran, it's so hard to get yourself back out. And the only way you can get yourself back out is the two words I use all the time. It's consistency and discipline because they form habits. So it's the discipline of putting your feet on the floor every morning at whatever time you don't want to none of us want to we do it because we have to make money or we have to whatever we make the kids do it because they're going mm. to school it's exactly the same in your world like if you can only say right I'm going to have porridge for breakfast and I'm going to do it every single morning for the next three months and I'm doing nothing else different but just having porridge for breakfast eventually that habit will form your, your palate will like it your gut will feel good after it and going out the door and three hours later you'll f- still feel well and still feel good and that's a habit formed Somebody telling me about a mobile app uh, called Yuka or something but you, you can scan food products with it and it will give you the information about the I love this too. I'm going to bring a girl on in the next couple of months um, she's lost probably about seven stone um, she wants to travel and this was impinging her big time. She's using an app. So she's using my Fitness Pal app, right? So my Fitness Pal app that she's using gives her the perfect blend of carbohydrates, fats and protein every day. So she puts her food into it. So she can scan the barcodes on her food and everything. She can take a picture of her food and automatically it uploads it and it gives her what she needs. Now, I'm not a big believer in numbers and putting numbers on things. But for some people, like this girl, it worked really well. So for like this, the lady that's on there, sometimes being able to put things into your phone and track it gives you a focus. It's like a journal or whatever. And if that focus works for you and makes you feel better and, yeah, you lose weight or your health markers come down, yeah. Very good. I thought it was an insult to it the way it began, but uh, it says, Fran, uh, Muriel, uh, Jesus, she's a godsend to listen to. So there you go. That's that's uh, somebody very positive. If people want to talk to you about uh, all of this. Yeah, somebody, before I let you go, Muriel, in fairness to the garages, the deli food in Ireland is, in my opinion, the best in the world. I know people all around the world and they can't get it as good as Ireland. No. I think there's a mixture of food available well, in the see, Delhi. you again, it's, it's, it's on the eye, isn't it? Like, why are we focused on going to the bland place? Like, it's the colour piece that we should be looking at because, like, that's, like, for, our, yeah. our, like for us, colour is Stay away from the like. sausage rolls, so move up. Just, yeah, and the telly's are brilliant. Like, I eat, yeah, like, the, the, the salad place. I'm looking uh-huh. at Fran here laughing yeah, at me. Yeah, <laughs> this is the sausage yeah. rolls. <laughs> Yeah, first uh, about the wine earlier on too, actually. Uh, about the Pope? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yes, yeah, I, yeah. A gift from God. Yeah, yeah. A gift from I'm wondering God, what's going on in the Vatican. Go, I, I must ask him how he feels about sausage rolls on the, <laughs> yeah. on the dark road. He delivery. doesn't know what they are. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if people want to talk to you, Muriel, how can they do that? Um, 0526148881 or www. Marisho8020.com All right, okay. Are you getting a bit of brain fog there? A little, a little. I'd say that's age. Do you want a sausage roll? Maybe it was the wine. (laughs) We'll be right back. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie 